Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, the founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We are emotioneering human performance, not engineering it. In season one, we talked about emotioneering the modern mindset and really about those people skills and the expression and the communication. In season two that we're in now, we're going to have topics center around everything to do with emotioneering business results. And that's going to cover creating great places to work, increasing profits, human capital, the people, getting record-breaking results, and world-class employee engagement. I'm going to be interviewing guests that I know are absolute experts in this area, and will be able to share their knowledge, share their learnings on the journey with you and myself. And I'm really looking forward to getting in to all things emotioneering with them. Remember to subscribe to YouTube, to the Facebook page, to Instagram, LinkedIn, and of course, you can go to the website, modernmindgroup.co.uk, and you'll get our monthly newsletter there. Enjoy the show. The guest that I have today is so, so skilled in this and in this area. I am absolutely delighted to have Sarah Abel with us, who is the director of TMB Skills Training. And she's here to talk to us today about people, leadership, upskilling people. Uh, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Melissa, for asking me on. I'm quite excited about this. (laughs) Me too. Let's, Let's sort of dig in. Well, you know, you've been running your business for a long time. You've built your team up. Uh, tell us a little bit of the backstory, um, you know, what, what you do and, um, it, you know, a little bit more about TMB skills training. OK, so I'll just catch and say to you, we are actually called That Nail Place Limited. So if anybody wants to find us, um, especially with because we deliver um, funded training, that's who they'll find us as. And as I tell you the story, you'll understand why I changed the name and why we trade as TMB skills training. OK, but. I think probably this comes back from when I was I was a young child. At seven, I lost my dad to suicide. Um, he took his own life. And my mum had multiple sclerosis. So I became a child carer at the age of seven. Um, and that probably there is an element of me when I was growing up that did not want to depend on anybody. So um, my driver, I think, has always been that I've wanted to have my own business so that I could financially always support myself and not have to worry, if if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's probably been my main driver all the way through. Um, my grandparents, they did have their own business. They had their own hotels. And um, so I, when I went to live with them, because when my mum finally became too poorly for us to be at home, me and my sister, I think at the age of 16, went to live with them for a couple of years. And I think that had definitely an influence on me wanting to have my own business. Um, I always worked in, in a salon when I was younger. I worked do, doing a Saturday job in a salon. And I also worked... Um, doing going out with my cousin who would um, be doing like people's hair uh, in in old people's homes so I would go along with her and I used to love all of that but my grandparents were very anti me getting into the hair and beauty sector because they saw it as being poor uh, or not not looked on um, professionally as as a good career so they steered me 
towards nursing um which I did a year and dropped out because I hated it um and then I literally drifted from jobs to jobs until I eventually went to work for a cosmetic company and I did sales and marketing with them and I became an area sales manager and they wanted to um they wanted to uh, um put me to a regional manager and I didn't want to do it it was a really good job I had really good income when I had lots of things that I you know achieved in that role and I went all over the world do you know what I mean on different things with them but it was a very lonely life because I had young children and I felt at that time I felt that I was being taken away from them um, and also I didn't like the the politics that went along with that and I think always wanting my own business, tried lots of different businesses in the meantime. And I, I didn't just fall into this and do this. I think I did everything from children's clothes on the side to network marketing to um, jewellery parties to honestly, if you if anybody knows me from when I was younger, they'll always say Sarah was definitely a trier. She was always trying to do lots of different things. And what actually the reason I got into this was I used to have my nails done in a salon on a um, Saturday every other week. And I got to know the um, salon owner quite well. And one day I was having my nails done and it was Christmas time. And they said to me, um, oh, we're going to sell the business. We're going to go to um, Spain and we're going to live. And I said, oh, so and I watched when I was in there, I saw how many people were coming through the door. And I just watched all this money going in the till and thought, oh, my God, that they, they're making some money in here. So I thought and it was all cash business. So it was like, oh, my God, this is this is what I want to let me find out more about this. So I came, I, I sort of asked them lots of questions um, and I said, oh, well, how much are you going to sell the business for? And when they told me I, it wasn't that much money and I thought, hmm, maybe this is something I could do. And nails sort of like appealed to me. I don't think I ever wanted to be a nail technician and, and I'll be really totally honest, I didn't want to be a hairdresser, beauty therapist or anything at that point. It was just more the business side. I could see that there was potential in that business and I knew that at that time it was nails was nails salons were growing. So I thought, oh, this sounds like a good idea. And that was in 2001. So I went home to my husband and I said to him, look, I want to give my job up, which was on a, a good salary and a company car at the time. And I want to I want to buy this business. And he said, I don't care what. And he's fantastic. He went, I don't care what you do, but just don't include me in it. <laughs> okay. So I, I literally... Um, uh, I think it was I went I, I had my notice in, in at the place I was working I had I think I had like three months um, notice which they said they didn't want me to work so I had that three month salary up front as such to be able to get started on to in in this business um, got a loan from Marks and Spencer's <laughs> um, loan I think it was to, um, which was a personal loan not a business loan because I just didn't know very much about business yeah. at that point um, and I wouldn't recommend that to people. I would definitely do a business course, okay? Definitely before you step into any business, because um, it probably did hold me back for a while. Um, so for me, then I started this business. I took over the clientele. They taught me how to do nails in the three months I was there. I was rubbish, I have to say. But there was a girl who was self-employed in the sa in the salon who 
um, came along. She wasn't employed at that point. She had her own chair and she self-employed. She was self-employed. But because I was so rubbish, within three months, she literally walked away with the clientele and I, I absolutely oh, had to start no. a scratch. Yeah, I know it was horrendous. So that was my first massive mistake of um, I'm working with self-employed contractors rather than um, employed. So the second thing I said to my husband, I went, I'm going to have to, I can't do this on my own. I've got to have somebody come in and work with me. Will you give up your job? I'll send you on a body piercing course. You learn how to do body piercing. You do the body piercing and I'll do the nails. And then basically we'll build the business up and then we'll retire. That's how I thought it was going to work. So um, because he, he, it's 100 supports me and trusts me and still does to this day even though we've been some through some real challenging times since I started that in 2001 he's always supported me so he went into and he is a man's man he's not at all a nail technician not someone you would go oh you're someone you know he, he is a, I mean he's a builder he does everything like and, and now he actually works um he's got his own business doing um uh convert you know conversions you know the um, bank conversions so he's he he's 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 just really practical like that he's not at all um someone that you would think would do this anyway he did so he came to body piercing and I soon thought if I train him up (laughs) well because we were really busy and I got better and better and better and I think I think my people skills as being that I'd had to work in sales before definitely definitely helped and I was really good at marketing I think that really helped our business get off and the mistakes we made we were able to compensate because there was always a new person coming in within the salon and because I never let anybody go even if they walked out the door and they were really unhappy I would phone them up get them back in and then redo their nails or offer them something I think that, that attitude and the banter that me and him had between us in the salon grew as in the first sort of like 12 to 18 months very quickly but it soon became apparent that we needed somebody else so I actually employed one of my um she was at one of my clients and she as a receptionist and then what I did was I trained her okay to to do the reception because I just we just didn't have time to book everything in and do all of the the stuff but and when we had the down times which in a salon you will have down times I used to teach her how to do um nails and I did my husband as well so between us um basically we grew and grew and then we started employing people but I employed a lot older people rather than younger people and I didn't and they were normally people that had already got the skills that would come in but what I often found especially in our industry was that a lot of people I brought in although they might have the skills they didn't always have the same culture the same values as me as a business owner and that's when it began and I also realized that a lot of people that were coming from the college who were newly um, um, qualified didn't have maybe the life skills as in the communication skills that you need because 50 percent I believe in any salon is what you can do the other 50 percent is the customer service the wow factor looking out after clients Mm -hmm. So for me, that was like a real like bone of contention. I've really struggled with that. So 
in 2000 and I think it was eight I approached a local training provider and said I really want to um do you do nail apprenticeships and they said no they'd never heard of a nail apprenticeship and I thought oh there's hair apprenticeships out there and there was no beauty at all apprenticeships that I could see at that time so uh, and, and hair was quite common so I thought there must be a way to make this work so I approached him he let me actually have nine apprentices in the first year but I couldn't employ all those because I couldn't afford it so this is where Julie who is now one of the directors within my business and and has you know has brought shares into my business she um had a salon up the road so I approached her and she had a couple of apprentices I spoke to a couple of other salons and they had a couple and we literally took these nine nail apprentices in the first year from from naught to sort of like I think it was in 13 months on the floor with a full clientele and they were all young people at that time um, so we did really, really well. So the, and I think Ofsted came to visit him and we were mentioned in this Ofsted about how well these people have been trained. So then that sort of inspired me to maybe expand a little bit. So then we started delivering beauty apprenticeships. And with that, he gave me a bigger contract and it just grew and grew. And then from there, I, I every year I would just expand and expand and go to another training provider and subcontract from them and do it. But the government then decided in its infinite wisdom, the Wolf Report came out. So if anybody's ever read that, it's a really interesting report. But it was the old MVQs. So um, I think not every training provided and I think FE colleges maybe not always are built to deliver really good apprenticeships because they do in-house training, whereas apprenticeship is all work-based. So I think employers, and because both Julie and I had a background of, of running salons and we built between us four to five salons between us and sold them and then moved on, but not just in nails, we did them in hair. So we basically, everything we do, we've done within our own business. And now we've got a system where we take someone right from trainee right the way up to operational manager using the whole of the funded apprenticeship scheme. So customer service, we do um, uh, assessing and coaching so that they learn how to assess and coach and mentor their staff within the salon which is a, is a good thing team leading so all the skills you need to build as a team so we wrote that between us and then that just grew and then we got our own contracts back in 2000 a direct contract back in 2000 I think it was um 1920 and then we went into lockdown <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> gotta love it right it pulled the rug from under a lot of us yeah yeah totally um and then we went digital and and that's and we had to go digital I started a Facebook group back in 2000 just as we went into lockdown where um I managed I think I did it to to speak to our salons that we already worked with which there was probably about 40 because most salons once they get in the system don't just have one apprentice that they and they use the whole apprenticeship scheme so it isn't just the you know the level two that they'll also upskill some of their older staff you know like somebody that they want to make into a manager or they've got someone on the front desk that wants to do customer service 
and then we had like retail people approaches you know people in retail and pubs approaches from hospitality saying oh we're really interested in your systems um and because we have other funding pots as well like we have a a traineeship funding pot that we use and that's for like kids that want to get in the industry or or not really sure what they want to do so it's a bit of a tryout um, and we put them in all different workplaces so that they can experience what they really want to do and we also had like an adult education budget um, money for for mums that are, you know, like a, that have maybe left um, their jobs, don't really want to go back into um, their old jobs. And we help them to start their own hair and beauty business. And we run like a business course that goes ar- alongside that, that we're actually in the middle, actually, of putting that fully together um, using what we've already known so yeah so that's how um I started my business <laughs> wow 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 what an inspiring story and and one that you know it started you know so challengingly for you as you know a youngster what your your tenacity and determination to get your business off the ground see yeah. that opportunity learn it go oh okay I get it I'm not this great I'm not I'm not so great <laughs> at it but to stick at it not to give up at that point and to just keep going then to convince your husband to come in when he told you no I it's an a, amazing amazing story and I'm glad that we're going to be able to share it with okay. everyone that's that's yeah. listening it's just absolutely fantastic now you did touch on obviously the first person that you hired mm-hmm. um that you took on to help you with reception tell it tell me a little bit more about uh, about that who were they and and how did that go okay it actually went really well when I first um she actually did end up leaving and starting her own beauty business nail business yeah and she's really successful um and she's done really well so I'm really chuffed you know what I mean but I think the mistakes I made in that and I made hundreds as um running a team and I think this is one of the things that um I think I love now because I'm able to teach people you know and then maybe they don't won't have the pain I went through so like managing people um which is I was always their friend and I think that was one of the things that probably didn't help do you know what I mean because I think you need to be approachable, but I think you need to always remember as well that you are the boss and that sometimes you're going to make uncomfortable um, decisions that may upset that person. Do you know what I mean? So there needs to be some kind of like respect between each other. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm not I'm not at all. I think sometimes I didn't always treat people the correct way because I would act on emotion and I think that's one of the things that I've definitely learned that it is when people attack you even when they leave it's all emotion and you have to understand that it's not actually personal it's because about how they feel and their insecurities and sometimes you make mistakes and you're human yeah. and you make mistakes so I think the first few people that I employed, definitely, definitely, I made hundreds of mistakes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but it's, it's great that you're able to actually, you know, talk about that and be honest and vulnerable. And like you said, you're sharing your message so that other people don't um, sort of, uh, you know, go on to potentially uh, make the same mistakes or just be mindful to be reflective of, oh, maybe this is what Sarah was actually talking about. Could yeah. I stop and just pause and, and look at this a little bit differently? Um, so that's fantastic mentoring support that you're able to give people and to coach them um, in those circumstances. So out 
lot of those kind of mistakes and hundreds of mistakes. And I, I'm one of those people too. It's like, look, I didn't, I didn't, I did not have this nailed when I was young. <laughs> I haven't got, you know, and there's still some things that you learn, you learn now. Um, okay. What out of those, what do you think was the biggest challenge with your team so far? I think the biggest challenge has been able to let go. Um, I think as a business owner, because it is your baby, I think one of the things that you are, you can be a bit overprotective of it, um, which often then means you micromanage rather than actually let people grow in their own right. And I was awful for that. Do you know what I mean? But that was probably because I didn't have the right procedures in place in the first place. Whereas if I'd had those procedures in place with the right key indicators do you know what I mean when performance indicators I would have understood when someone needed more training or somebody needed to um more help in something so I think and and being family I'm still learning I don't think you ever as a business owner get it right all the time and anyone that tells you that tell me come and speak to me because I'd love to know how they're doing it because I still make mistakes to this day which I'm quite happy to but I think that makes you um, relatable, doesn't it? If yeah, you human. Like, yeah, complete human. <laughs> and, you know, there are still times when I hear somebody said something and I think, oh, God, am I, is that right? But I think what I have learned to do is to reflect on it, like you said. So, like, to look back and, and think to myself, okay, so what, what could I have done better? What have I learned from that? And then move on from that very quickly. Whereas I think probably a few years ago when um, – probably as 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 three or four years ago I probably would have been quite upset more about it whereas now I'm much more mindful of okay so yeah they said this did I do that and is that me or is that them and actually what can I do to change something in my business so that doesn't happen again and I think by doing that it's really really helped me and I think having a very thorough interviewing process a very thorough induction process and all of those systems in place when you start taking people on will eliminate a lot of those things and also building a culture where people feel that they they can be heard so if they are unhappy about something and my team we have like quarterly team meetings we have monthly team meetings and we have quarterly that the monthly team meetings are very small we have what we call value champions so we have like Uh, we have four values that we all came to as a team we came and we created those ones which was keeping it real because we're very I'm very honest and I would say the majority of people I work with are as well um passion for learning obviously because we did an apprenticeship so you've got to be and and every person that comes into my business whether they're they're trained in, in something have to do some form of apprenticeship whether that be operational manager right the way through to level four assessing and coaching that they're, they're all apprentices they have to go through that journey to understand that product and to understand how it works and how other so that they can talk about it so that's mm-hmm. the first thing so passion for learning is a major one committed to success because I think it's really important that that resilience is with them so they need to know that we're looking for people who would always think out of the box you know not I don't want to I don't really want to employ people that go ah (laughs) I want people that go right okay I made a mistake now what can I change to make that better and then last but not least above and beyond a standard and that is because I 
I'm because I am so I want things to be perfect, but they're not going to be, yeah. and they never will be. And believe me, they still aren't. Okay, but I'm always striving for that. So, like for us, if they and I want people in my team that are the same. And and they came up with this. It was really funny. We gave them an exercise where they had to write down their values. And although they might not be named as the ones I've just named it, they were all around about yeah. the same thing. So we, I do think we tend to attract like people with the right values. And I think then they have a vision. And we and the, te- the big quarterly team meeting is about the vision and the strategy. So we're always talking about where we're going and what we want to achieve. And they're included in that. And then they will give us like feedback of what isn't working, what they think could change because they're on the ground. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't actually work in my business anymore. I'm working on it. So for me, it's like they, they're the ones that come up about come up against the employers that are unhappy who we work with. They, they're with the apprentices that are unhappy that we work with. They're, they're with the other you know team members that are unhappy that we work with. I said they're all unhappy, but some of them are happy as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they know what is working and what isn't working. And, and, you know, and then we look at strategies that would work alongside that all together. And I think that's definitely built. And we, and we measure everyone on that. So like when we have our team meetings now, our regular monthly meetings, we have champion of each value. So there'll be some, and, and that the team have actually, um, they've actually, um, what's the word, voted for that person, not Julie and myself, they have voted for that person who they think that lives that value the most. And then that person will then we have like employer of the month where we will look at that. So it goes all the way through the whole of our system. So we recognize an employer if we think um, they've gone above and beyond a standard with their apprentices, you know, or, we, or, we'll, or we'll vote. I don't know, for the, the the employer that's always keeping it real, that tells us as it is, do you know what I mean? Actually, yeah. you're doing the, not a good job at this and we need you to change it. So we'll vote for them. And the same with the apprentices as well and a team member. So we like we have one a month in the quarter. So that way, it's a really good way where we actually live our values rather than just talk about them. And I, and I, I sometimes find with some brands, and I'm not saying all of them, that can it can be just a tick box exercise and I think it needs to be completely embedded within your system and I think for us that's definitely helped us to grow quicker than what we would normally have done if we hadn't got those values in place so I think that's really important yeah amen Sarah I could (laughs) not agree with you more on that it has to be part and parcel of what you do and not just that sprinkle on top it has to be the eggs and the flour of the cake um and I I love that I love that you were able to share that with us I think it's fantastic that you really recognize um you know those uh locations and those places that really do kind of align with your values and because it gives people something to work towards as well and makes them feel good for their contribution so I think it also does for your clients as well because I you know we are we 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 do work we've worked with clients which we've sort of thought after a few months oh you don't align with our values and so we wouldn't work with them again because ultimately it's an it becomes an uncomfortable process for them and it comes an uncomfortable process for us so it's better to part ways and and let that person go and then work with someone who does because 
then it makes everybody's life happier and easier and more, I don't know, it's a better process. So I think it's really important. I think probably one of the main things people need to have in place before they start building a team, know what they are, know what they what they stand for, and also the vision that they have for their business, you know, where they want to go with that business. Um, Because it's otherwise... You know, you talked about resilience. I think that's may have been the difference with me. What I, what I'm actually achieving now is what I've always wanted to do, and it's taken a lot longer than what I originally thought it would, because I've had to learn lots of lessons along the way and make lots of mistakes along the way. But the difference is, is once you have got that in your vision and your why, you do something, okay? And and my why is my family. You know, my why is I want to be able to spend more time with my grandchildren. My 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 children and my husband and I don't want to physically have to work for the rest of my life in my business I want to be able to go out and take them traveling I want to be able to take them you know help them with their first homes I want to be able to you know build help them build their first homes you know those type of things are my drivers so when you know things do go tits up and they do go tits up I hope it don't mind and we have and we have you know challenges within the business that why and that what drives me passionately gets me out of out of bed in the morning do you know what I mean when I think yeah. and, and one of the biggest mistakes I think I made is going back to the micromanaging is not allowing people to grow and I think if you don't allow them to grow as well it will Mm -hmm. actually although you think that you're in control you're not because there'll come a point as your business expands that you can't do all of that so you need to build those processes and procedures and everything in place and have the team buy into that so it isn't you just telling them they've got to buy into it and be part of that process to make that work otherwise you might as well just and and it's funny we often I mean I was talking to um Julie on Friday because we had a bit of a challenge with somebody and we were just saying that maybe four or five years ago we would have carried on with that person does that make sense where it it, we recognize quite quickly ourselves you know what I mean or maybe and 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 that's our fault no one else's fault that's our fault we have to take accountability for that and I think that's one of the things that I I am much better at doing now saying well you know you you basically need to be understand that it isn't your team that are making the mistakes that's you that are making the mistakes because you're not putting those processes and things in place to be able to recognize those things and I think the rest of the team do like they will come to me and say this this um, employer I don't think is you know doesn't live our values or they'll say um this employer they don't do this with their apprentice and I don't think that that is passion for learning you know do you see what I mean so they they recognize it so it's a real massive flag red flag right okay let's pull away and 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 part with this relationship quite quickly before it's too far too far down the track and we end up getting our fingers burned so we do think like I said still make mistakes but that's been one of my learnings <laughs> that you are giving us so much value today so much practical um support and guidance even in the things that you're saying just you can tell you're a natural mentor and trainer to be able to help other people because you're like well yeah I can tell you this but what is the lesson to be learned here and you've you've definitely um given us that so far Sarah so thank you for that 
in in terms of unlocking people's potential I can feel it I can see it you love it what is it that you love about it so much I think it's because I mean it's really weird because when we went into lockdown obviously I had a lot more time on my hands so it was a really good good time to be able to reflect on my business as a whole so what I did was I went back out to um some of the young people and older people because they're not all young because apprentices can you can do an apprenticeship at any age you don't have to be 16 I think there's definitely um a thing out there that you have to be a young person which you don't you can be you know I've had mums that are retraining I've had you know like somebody who who wants who's left their corporate job that wants to be trained as a hair stylist or a nail technician or beauty therapist to someone that already works in the salon that actually was somebody who would be like you know wants to be an operational manager so so for me it's very much like I think um people need to know that does that make sense so I think one of the main things I would say if I'm really honest I think when I went out and spoke to these young people or people that had already done the apprenticeships and I I like rang them up and said oh I'm, I'm I've just got because I'd never done social media before that point okay hardly anything Every, everything had come organically from us from from somebody recommending somebody from recommending somebody and from obviously our business development team that used to go out and talk to salons in our area so when I created the social media, con- you know, the, the group, I then started sharing some of my content. So I thought, oh, what can I share with them that we do? So I went back to some of the people that had trained with us and, and, and spoke to them and got them to come and do a few live sessions with me like this in the Facebook groups. And I would ask them about their story. And when I listened to what influential how influential we had been on that story and I had a young girl it was really funny she was on it this girl would always be following my Instagram and liking stuff and I thought who is this you know I was just sort of anyway I went onto her Instagram page to have a read of her and she'd um she'd been an ambassador for the Duke of Edinburgh um awards so and she'd also worked for I'm trying to think what the company is called now but a big a big cosmetic company oh and um what was it L'Oreal for L'Oreal that's right yeah and I thought how come you know why you know she seems really interested in me what why is that so I I messaged her and I just said oh you know it's really lovely that you're following me thank you you're always liking all my posts and you know at that time I was very new to this and I'm still quite new to to um marketing and uh, as far as the digital age is concerned so like for, for me it's it is like quite um what's the word um quite not I don't feel comfortable like a fish out of water or something yeah totally totally. and I've learned loads in the last sort of like 18 months but obviously I I, I love learning more anyway so I I'm always learning something new so I went back to her and said you know who are you and she was a young girl that had come and done a course with us set when she was 16 and um she was being um groomed at the at the time and we we found out uh, because of you you learn about the young person and we deviated her away from this man who was quite a lot older than her and she said oh you don't remember me do you and I went no because she changed her name and grown up and stuff and she told me who she was and I was absolutely flabbergasted how we changed her life do you know what I mean just from literally her leaving school and coming to us and us mentoring her and and that's what impacts 
you know like I see so and and that isn't just one story that I've got so many stories which I could I could share on social media and probably will do long term do you know what I mean but it it made me really and that's what makes drives me so I see people and even to even next staff I had a you know a really good business development manager who left um, and she went off and she said to me once I was at a party and she came up to me and she said, you really inspired me, Sarah. And, and, you know, to hear that and to know that you've inspired someone to change their lives, that is such a buzz. And so, yeah. I, I don't know, it, it just makes everything else worthwhile, to be honest. Do you know it, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you're making me really emotional. <laughs> I just, uh, you, and this, that's what I mean. I just knew I had to interview you. Like, I saw a line with the way that you're talking and the way that other people talk about you. And, and sometimes we don't even understand the impact of that ripple effect, that we do something, but it changes how they approach their family, how they approach yeah. their husband or their wife, or, you know, it, the impact, the sphere of influence goes way beyond what we do totally. in the day to day. And if you put your heart and your soul into what you do, that is what the effect is. So, Ah, you're you're magic, absolute magic to to sit here and share that with us. And and thank you so much. Like I'm sure there's many people that will also be inspired uh, by this story, Sarah. Um, how would you, you know, it, you've you've given some practical tips. Uh, you've you've talked to you know you've really bared your soul and 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 given your heart to us today. If someone is struggling out there now, because you've given quite a few tips, so just give me one. If you if there was one thing that you could say to a leader that is listening to this today, that is just having a challenge with their team, what would you say? I think it can be really lonely, and I think you need to either network with other people who are in the same position as you. You know, other leaders. Yeah. I think one of the that definitely definitely has held me back when I haven't and then excelled like accelerated me when I have so like just listening to other people's stories um I listen to loads of podcasts absolutely loads of podcasts especially business ones um still to this day and I've learned so much and, I, and I'm I'm pretty um open in saying that I don't I never stop learning because I think you have to always be learning something new and just because you do something one way doesn't mean it's the best way do you know what I mean so like for me it's been like and that has been an eye opener you know I've brought people onto my team and they've said Sarah why do you do this like this and I go because of this this, and this and they go well this this is quicker and this is easier why don't you do that you know so I think I think if you're on your own and you're struggling don't give up the main thing people do is give up too quick know what go back to your why go back to why you're doing it in the first place what made you start your own business and it isn't about the cars it definitely definitely isn't about um you know I've managed to have a, a pretty okay income do you know what I mean from my business um there have been times when I've been had my you know my back against the wall and not known how I'm going to pay the wages so there's also been those times as well and one of my business mentors he said to me once he said um, as your business grows, the problems just get bigger. So it's really, really how you deal with them. Um, and mindset is probably, I mean, I, I definitely, definitely invest a lot of money into my into my own self-development 
all of the time and I literally am always reading I'm always listening to stuff you know like I'm always going on to speaking to other business owners to find out what what's working what's not working and you know one of the great things I and I love still being that first person they come to at the beginning because I I learn so much from new people you know things that I didn't know so I think Definitely, definitely surround yourself with other business owners or leaders who are a little bit ahead of you. Maybe invest in a really good business coach or mentor. I would also advise to get lot do your due diligence, okay? Um, because it's very easy to part with money. And when you hear someone telling you how wonderful they are, but go on and find out what they've already done before. And there's so many places that you can do that and get and get referrals as well. You know, people that might know that person. Um, I invested quite a lot of money in a really good coach and mentor and consultant. And he's been they've been fantastic with us. And I, you know, I, I, I thank the day that I met them um because they've all they've also now shown me stuff that I would have no idea otherwise <laughs> uh, and so that that investment is well worth it um but I think you need to be ready to be able to do that do, do you know what I mean but if you can't afford to do that and some people can't at this point because they're just getting their businesses off to a good start is you know be part of a network you know that that's a really good because there's always someone out there and I think successful people are really happy to give their information away for free at the beginning I I, I know I am you know that's why I built this system because I used to go out to salons when I very first started to talk about apprenticeships um, and they would ask me so much stuff about business and they had no idea because a lot of people from our sector probably are hairdressers nail technicians and beauty therapists before they are business owners and I think that's that can and, and that's fine when business is good but we've just been through a two-year nightmare for most of those salon owners do you know what I mean out there where they've really struggled um, and there's been grants but a lot of them didn't even know the difference between cash in the bank and profit you know it's like they don't equate the two you know it's yeah. like oh I'm making a profit so I must be doing okay but I've got no money <laughs> because I've spent it all or I've, I've had loans do you know what I mean so they so I think some of those those things would definitely be what I would say to anybody starting out in business um today is get some good people around you and but do your due diligence (laughs) fantastic uh what do you predict is going to happen in the next five years in the hair and beauty space I I think it's changing um massively I think even we've experienced that we actually opened our fifth salon literally three weeks before lockdown um as in we launched it um all the staff that we had in there have left and were furloughed. They were furloughed and they've gone off and started their own hair and beauty businesses. So there is definitely an element now there that that's happening. I think you're going to get 50-50 split in, in the industry. I think you're going to have 50% employed and 50% probably self-employed. So I think you need to make sure you decide what model you want to be. I think there'll be one model which will be more the rental model. Okay, which is where you're a landlord and you rent out space. And that can be really profitable because it is all profit, more or less. Do you know what I mean? So it can be really profitable. um, But you still need to build the systems in place to be able to manage that. And I think that's what a lot of salon owners don't do very well. And it really depends what their vision is for that salon. Um, So you need to make sure you can do that. The second one is going to be um, an employed salon. That, again, I think people, I think 
salon owners need to understand they have to invest in training for their staff consistently all the time and I think that's something that they can do for the apprenticeship scheme and it's for free and I think if you don't do that you're going to lose staff because you know there's four things that drive people and that's recognition it can be money it can be develop self-development and doing a job well and you need to understand what those four things are on which one is more important to people and then pick those people accordingly um, when you interview them and I think they need to to learn how to do that um, and then the, and the last model will be mobile so somebody will have a little cabin in the garden and they will just work on a day-to-day basis out of that cabin and that will suit some people it wouldn't suit me because I wouldn't want everybody coming into my house do you know what I mean I, yeah. when I go home I want to be home and not be working um, so for me that wouldn't suit um, so there, there's three models there that I think they can I do think salon owners have got to become much more um um, educated in how to run a business I think that's an, a, a, one of the biggest um, I think they, the lot, reason they've lost a lot of staff is because a they don't pay them well and the reason they don't pay them well is because the prices are too cheap and I think long term wise they need to look like if you go to a dentist or you go to a doctor they, they're a professional we are professionals you know in our business we're therapists we're you know when people come in they tell us all their problems do you know what I mean we, we, we literally are everything to them um and with they become our friend as such do you know what I mean so like and it's somewhere safe for them to go to so so I think we need to know how to run that professionally without crossing those lines you know as in you know maybe some people tend not to be professional and that and that's what I think needs to change and I think it will change and I think we're being forced to change because of what's happening at the moment um because we just can't find staff and that's the problem and that's because we've not probably if I if the truth be known we haven't invested in our training programs well it's interesting that you're saying that though because then if you haven't got the staff but then you've got the loads of customers you're in demand so you could put your prices up and then potentially end up just serving the ones with who you've got of course I know you want to have um you know people come through the apprenticeship scheme you want to be able to help uh, the you know young old whoever wants to do that scheme but also there is that opportunity but great for you to give your predictions I'm sure it'll be <laughs> interesting to see how it does go so a couple of fun questions for you then Sarah so you have a magic wand you can change anything that you want in the business world what would you change? I think definitely how people um, look on at business as in how you think it's more, it becomes more of an emotional. Uh, you you need to consider people, and I think there's it's very much black and white. You either have the business owners that this is business, and I'm you know, and it's that they're they're miles and miles apart from actually what is happening on the ground floor as a business owner. You need to invest in your people and invest in them as in their heads. So like for instance, you know, like we've just brought in um like a mind like a where they can get counseling and stuff like that you know like an EAP yes totally so that because I I think health wise for people's heads needs to be in the right place and and there needs to be self-care a lot of care so they can access those things do you know what I mean when think times are tough because this is what's just happened do you know I mean we've we've literally like been in you know people have been at home for two years and then all of a sudden you've got to go back to work again and it's like oh my god what is this so I think definitely in um, helping those people to you know um, help their heads 
help their mind space so I think I think companies need to invest a lot more in self-development for their their own staff you know not necessarily just in the skills they've got in the workplace but as in as in building them as people you know and and better people um make it a nice place to work with um so that would probably definitely be something yeah on the emotioneering podcast we salute that (laughs) (laughs) we absolutely do absolutely agreed it's not it's not what we think it's about how they feel about you know whether that is in, in their mind you know their mindset whether they how they connect to the business and, and you've yeah. touched on that so brilliant you I wish I could give you the magic wand I'd make the <laughs> wish with you um dinner party so yeah. you're yeah. having your dinner party it's your Friday night maybe it's you and Julie and you're inviting three people in the world dead or alive who would they be the first one would be Billy Connolly because I adore him I think hey. he's, he's so funny but he has such a good um, attitude to life. You know, he's got Parkinson's and, you know, anything that's like that. Obviously, my mum had MS. So for me to have that attitude towards it, because my mum was always like that. You know, she was always like, I mean, I remember her saying to me once, um, I've been given this to show other people how lucky they are you know that attitude and that's Mm. what he's like he's very much when I listen to read his books and listen to him he's very much like that and he's very reflective on life Um, the second one would be Stephen Bartlett Um, he's probably somebody I've only really followed in the last 12 months but I love his again he's so relatable he says it as it is and when I listen to him I always think to myself, you get it, you know, you understand it and you're you're 27 years old and you understand it. And, you know, that's why he's been able to be so successful. And I love listening to him and what he's got to say, because he keeps it real. He's just honest about what he wants to achieve and who he is as a person. And I think that's really good. You need to speak your truth. And then last but not least was Anthony Anthony Middleton, and um, because I love yeah SAS, I think and, and again it's all about mindset, isn't it? Again, you know he must have ha- he must when I've read his books, his mind has got to be at a certain point and so disciplined. Do you know what I mean to be able to do what he's done and carry on with what he's done? And you know he's been in some situations that probably would have you know could have without the right head changed him completely into a not not as nice a person as what he is now so I think for me he would definitely be someone I'd love to have some conversations with them (laughs) what an interesting dinner party that would be Aunt Mm. Middleton yeah talk about him um in in when I talk a lot about emotional intelligence and how it isn't about suppressing the emotion to the point that you never express it it's knowing how to respond in the moment instead of react in the moment and he definitely is somebody that you know helps people to to do that um and and shows that it is possible uh so yeah great oh Stephen Bartlett oh I want to be there Billy Connolly (laughs) what a good teeth that would be brilliant wouldn't it I could hear his voice as well in my head while you were saying it. Just just fantastic. Um, well, you never know. You might get that dinner party yeah. one day. <laughs> Let's make it come true if you're listening right now. Speak uh, the universe. There you go. I'm <laughs> it's out there now. So, like, they know what I want to do. <laughs> exactly. You never know. Their agents could be listening to the podcast. Who knows? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> 
Sarah, it has been absolutely fabulous to interview you today, find out more about the lady behind the business and, and everything that has, you know, really helped you to get to where you are today. Um, tell the listeners, like, you know, how maybe there's someone that you want to reach out to, maybe that how they can get involved, where they can um, just sign up to the apprenticeship, whatever you would like to say, um, let them know and how they can reach you. So that you can go onto our website um, and then click apprenticeships thing you got on there. And that's www.tmbskillstraining.co.uk. So that's the easiest. There's a contact um, point on there that they can just click on and then any information that will come directly to us. And then we will then get in touch. There's that one. You can follow me on Instagram. So it's Sarah underscore TMB. Um, TMV Hair and Beauty, that, that's where you'll find me. And then the other one will be to go on our Facebook, which is TMB Skills Training. That's it. So they can just go on there and, and, and have a look on there. And they're the places you'll find me. I'm often on in, in um, Facebook fe- forums. I'm on, I'm on Clubhouse as well on a Monday. I think it's at uh, nine, five past nine every Monday morning with the beauty bosses um so where we do a room in there so yeah you can always find me in there as well I don't go on clubhouse all day um I just don't haven't got haven't got the time if I'm really honest does that make sense yeah you give what you can but also yeah, yeah there's a, you know at the end of the day it's nice to jump in like you said you listen to your podcast you've got the things that you do yeah. we bet of course on clubhouse yeah. it's been yeah, great totally. journey. yeah yeah uh, but at the same time yeah I mean you you've got to kind of not be so distracted by it and make sure you manage your time and as a successful businesswoman that you are I'm not surprised you're not on there all the time so you know um and is there anything else that you want to let the listeners know that you've got going on at the moment that might be new or okay we're just well, we're just going to launch um we're just going to launch a program which is going to be for inactive mums basically or not, or not necessarily inactive mums but people that have got barriers to learning uh, maybe somebody's um, broken a back or something like that and they, they want to get into the industry and do nails or something like that so we're just about to launch that program over the next uh, it's, it'll be launched in february and we've just launched all our new um, apprenticeship programs but that's to be honest that's what we do so i'm really excited at the moment um, if they want to know any more about apprenticeships even if they're not in our sector then come to me because I can always direct them in the right direction do you know what I mean where they go and how to do it so yeah so that, yeah. thanks Melissa for having me on I've really enjoyed today it's been great listening to um, myself <laughs> you are and there's going to be many people that are happy to listen to you and hear this story as well thank you so much for coming in and being a guest and all the best of course that is what you do best with the apprenticeships um, and all the best to you and your team thank you thanks for listening to the emotioneering podcast with me melissa curran today it's been great remember to subscribe to facebook linkedin youtube or all three you can also come to the website modernmindgroup.com where you can subscribe there stay in contact and let us know what you really think give us the feedback this is going to get better by knowing what you think Uh, has this given you food for thought has it helped you change something what has it inspired let us know because that's why we're doing it it's all about the people 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 (laughs) have a great day and ciao for now